Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Chris Howard. Chris is a lead open source program manager at EPAM Systems. He has a talk at OSFF about leveraging your organization's open source engagements to recruit and retain. We talk about his role, the role of the OSPO, and then everything else in open source as well. So sit back and cue the music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing for Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today, I'm joined by Chris Howard. Chris is the lead open source program manager for EPAM Systems. Um, Chris, say hello, introduce yourself. Hi, great to be with you today. Um, Yeah, as you just heard, I sit on the OSPO here at EPAM Systems. Um, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you today on today's podcast. Nice, nice. Now, Now, Chris is going to be speaking um at the open source and finance forum on july 13th in london always a plug um but but chris is going to be talking about um leveraging your organization's open source engagements to recruit and retain and um and we will get into that in a second and especially because i've already told you chris that um like you know prayers answered as far as like uh this was one of our main themes for the year how open source helps you know um, with recruiting and retaining talent. Um, so, so I'm excited about this. Um, and we may do a long form version of this as well. So, uh, uh, if I can get Chris to do that, but before we get into that, you know, I'd like you to tell me a little bit about yourself, um, your career and, and your role at EPAM, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think in the spirit of open source as well, and perhaps not making myself sound too old. So I, I first kind of got into the open source world when I was much, much younger, kind of doing that bedroom coding, kind of PHP, OS commerce, which was a thing, and and early days of Drupal as well. Um, And that was kind of my first foray into it. And then I went off to university and and got a graduate job working uh, in digital transformation consulting. So that's kind of my background, maybe 12 years or so doing that. And primarily, not necessarily using open source, although it obviously infiltrates all areas of business. Uh, then I found myself with EPAM um, about four years ago. Uh, and there was a really exciting opportunity as EPAM was kind of waking up to, to open source being strategically important for, for various reasons. That I'm sure many of the listeners know yeah. for, for us to really take a leadership around the, the OSPO. Uh, and, and I was successful in getting that. And I jumped over from the consulting kind of day-to-day to then lead the OSPO. Uh, and now it's grown into a much bigger beast um, with lots more people. And that's where I find myself today, really, uh, talking to, to you all. Nice, nice. And, and okay, so thinking about the the audience here that, um, that you know, some people know what OSPOs are and some people don't. Can you talk about can you talk about what an OSPO is or what it should be doing? And then can you talk specifically, you know, how you may tackle some challenges within the um, EPAM OSPO? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we definitely won't be able to perhaps set out the expectations of a, an OSPO or an open source program office right. uh, in the scope of this today. Um, but really, I'd say there's a, there's a few key pillars that uh, an OSPO should be focusing on. One is absolutely my area of focus. That's around community building and being a real kind of developer advocate, kind of providing mechanisms, tools, processes, policy 
and also kind of celebration recognition of contributors uh, that's yeah. partly at the scope of, of my talk but also the area i'm really passionate about but secondly around how can you leverage your uh, organization's open source kind of expertise and awareness to to not only improve your kind of business uh, and kind of direction bottom line although that's a conversation for another day but also help kind of clients or vendors third parties that you're engaging with on their own open source consumption which particularly in regulated industry uh, that many of the organizations in finos are becomes a bit more of a challenge and, and it's great to see organizations like finos doing what we are to try and to try and change that yeah, no, that, um, I, and I think that yes, the the things that we're doing and that that were started, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I don't even know now. Um, it, through Finos, but but you know, as companies come in and and whether they're the sell side banks or the buy side firms, you know, but but plus, you know, our our vendor and, and our consulting companies, like you know, you folks have this not only technical knowledge, but also this open source knowledge that, you know, is, is being fed into the industry. And so, you know, by having an OSPO and being able to be a leader there and, and, you know, to help, you know, our other members figure out like, how do we do this? Um, you know, it is, is a nice, um, combination of, of, uh, what I'm trying to say, skills and wills, I guess, um, of what we do, what our vendors do, what our consultants do, um, and then, you know, how that helps the financial services industry further integrate open source. Um, so, so let's, again, I, I, I always say this with, with when we're talking about talks and um, that, that we're promoting, but I, I want to talk about your talk, but not give it all away. So, um, so it is leveraging your organization's open source engagement engagements to recruit and retain. Um, tell me what that means. Tell me, you know, what what does that talk about? What are some key points that that you feel that you'll you know start to drive home? And and then really like like who needs to be at this talk? Yeah, absolutely. So so I think the. The first point on this, and, and one that perhaps some people listening might think, well, that's obvious, but unfortunately, many people don't, is is it's just waking up to the notion that open source engagement is attractive, uh, and it is attractive for people wanting to come into the business, but also retaining individuals who are working there. Uh, and, the, and that's the scope of the talk, really, is, is trying to split that out and say, why should people want to come and work for my organization, uh, whoever it is? Um, from an open source perspective and the mechanisms as to how you can make your kind of engagement in open source explicit, be that through simple things like job descriptions alluding to it or being far more explicit in your kind of GitHub profile, uh, your organization view, through to internally, how do you really build, and the scope of the talk is not about culture, but how do you build a, a place or a home within the organization to recognize, uh, measure, and celebrate uh, open source contributors' engagement contribution, and then use that as a driver to retain. And that could well be through just simple rec uh, recognition systems, such as badges or thanks from your CTO office, through to actually financial remuneration and the value that that provides. 
Uh, and let's kind of wrap up around that is that we're all in, in, in our roles for various motivations and reasons. But if there's, if there's an organization offering a, a great deal out there, as well as providing an opportunity or a forum for you to do something you enjoy, which is open source engineering development or whatever it happens to be, then, then how do you as an organization make sure that you're the number one choice on that person's list? And, and why do you make yourself attractive? How do you do that? Right. And, and, um, and I'm going to have a follow-on question in a second, but, but who, what, what do you think is the audience audience makeup? Um, who, who should account, who should be at this talk? Who should listen uh, the most? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, and I think back to some of the conversations we've had recently around this with some of our clients is that the obvious one that you might think is perhaps the, the talent acquisition team. So the, the HR, the people teams are around some of the quick wins that they can apply. And that absolutely is valid. But more so, you're seeing OSPOs being asked to kind of demonstrate their value within an organization. So individuals who perhaps are leading OSPOs or in a kind of community or a program leadership role, this is going to provide some kind of real nice lines to take around why this is a valuable initiative for your business to engage, how you're perhaps going to get that executive sponsorship on side to say, this is something we should be investing in, or even this is some kind of change that we should be actioning. So audience, I would say definitely OSPO leaders, talent acquisition teams, but also I think there's some real value, and this might be controversial. If you're an engineer or a developer, come along and listen and listen out for the things that you might want to be looking for on your next job hunt. So some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about is some of the things that I recommend organizations should be doing around getting the best people through the door and therefore kind of a bit of a tick list for you on your kind of job hunt is this organization exhibiting xyz if so then maybe this is the, the place for me yeah i i uh, it, it may only be controversial um because yeah you don't want you don't want to lose the talent you don't you want to retain the talent that you have but that does mean that you have to get better at what you do. And, and if, um, and it, so my follow on question was again, not, I, I don't know if you have this in your talk or not, but like, why, why would, why would a company want to hire somebody who has open source skills? Um, you know, what, what value is it for them to do that? Or if that is in your talk, maybe, <laughs> but, uh, um, but you know, like, like, um, because we, we can, you know, go into the value of, of what open source does and everything, obviously, but like, why, why as a company, do I want somebody with open source skills versus somebody who might not? Yeah, good, good question. And definitely touch upon this in my talk, but I'll pick out two things that I, I think are most uh, kind of exciting. One is around that notion of being able to attract talent who already know how to collaborate, how to innovate and work with others. And actually in probably more an extreme situation than you might find kind of in a co-located office. So you've got engineers, analysts, testers, delivery managers who are working with individuals they've never, never even met, but they're somehow able to coordinate and produce this incredible open source solution. So that I think is one of the key things. And secondly, um, one that is a little bit more strategic, and this is perhaps talking to those kind of executive roles, is that you can almost um, kind of recruit for kind of industry influence. You can perhaps find some of these key maintainers or these individuals who who've been really establishing a reputation in the open source world, and you can bring them into your organization and say, look, come and work here, come and benefit from all of the the kind of ecosystem the prowess that we've got and the, the the enablers that we've got for you and we'll make a real home for you 
but we would love to have you through the door because we recognize the strong position you hold within the kind of open source industry. Yeah, no, that um, uh, good, two good points among, I know that there are others as well. Um, so, so, so that is long your talk. Let, let's open it up a little bit, maybe to, um, to some of the other work in the OSPO um, and, and get into, you know, benefits of open source that that you've seen and you know without giving clients names away or things like that um but uh but you know are, are there things along reducing costs and, and speed of market and creating opportunity and you already talked about collaboration a little bit um you know kind of breeding creativity as well and, and getting you know mind share um it, what are some other things that you're seeing in the OSPO with either your clients or within the FinOS ecosystem or even outside of that? Um, that you know, that would let's let's take the talent part away and let's look at why would why would a sell side bank or a buy side firm, you know, want to engage in open source in the first place? Um, you know, what do you see as benefits as a consultancy company that you know has an OSPO and, and looks at this daily? Yeah, that's a it, it's an interesting Slide. question. Yeah, absolutely, and particularly when you think about the, like you say, the, the the financial services industry as well. I personally, and I know that I've spoke to other Finas members about this previously, think there's real attraction in in the the, the kind of way in which standardisation and the kind of uniform approach to data and all of this is is going in that direction, particularly within this industry. So previously, when we've perhaps engaged with financial services clients, or if we think back 10, 20 years, you're talking about kind of bespoke in-house systems built entirely for purpose. And of course, they deliver the job and they do what's needed. If we fast forward 20 years, we're now in a world of kind of open banking and fl fast flow of data all over the world in terms of payments and transactional business. And, and actually, we're coming across new challenges that perhaps we never envisaged might, might be the case. You're seeing some of these big traditional kind of finance houses now having to bite the bullet and say, actually, in-house systems are not necessarily the future, although, of course, there's a purpose for these. And instead, we need to be working with some of these emerging challenger banks or fintech space to come forward and, and engage in a kind of standardized way of working. And I see open source or even just conversation around the, the very methodology of open source as being an enabler of that, because what we're doing is we're lifting a lid on a, on a way of working that the majority of the digital world is kind of aware of and saying it isn't as scary as it sounds. Yes, of course, there's legal governance complications, but actually it's a it's a way of working that has so many benefits. And of course, there are cons, there are cons to everything. Um, but actually, I believe, and, and I know that many of the organizations out there, it's going to be the next big step in terms of shifting the, the kind of dial on, on how these organizations work with each other. And as, a, and as a final point on that, I mean, I'm not here to quote statistics, but you only have to look at kind of the adoption of, of open source growing at an enterprise level year on year on year and all of the kind of industry surveys out there that, that rectify this or, or remedy this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and um, uh, you know, each year we, we've started to do a um state of open source and financial services you know report and and yeah i i mean we're, we're seeing that um i read other reports from other foundations as well um it was so we see that across other foundations um but you know in financial services 
starting to stick. I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, it it's everywhere. It, it, um, it's, it's pretty ubiquitous. Um, um, but but as we say here, that you know, there's a lot on the um, consuming side. Um, but but we're trying to help, and and I know that you folks are trying to help too push towards the contribution side because that's where the value really starts coming from uh to open source um cool no i i uh, uh i'm with you and, and that was a, a good wide swath of of all of those benefits at once so uh uh very good um cool well um any any parting thoughts as far as like uh uh what you'd like to see uh, with people at OSFF or um, for your talk or, you know, anything else with um, just what you're doing. I know you also do more within the foundation too. So uh, 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 anything else you'd like to talk about um, in any of those areas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, as some people might be aware, I, I sit on the diversity inclusion special interest group and it's something I'm particularly very passionate about running my own nonprofit around promoting diversity in tech. So I'm really excited to attend some of the diversity sessions, but also just even thinking over the last few years of, of, of the, the conference, just seeing that shift in its own right of the diversity of our members, the people who are speaking, uh, the kind of attendees. I mean, I'm always up for, for meeting new people and hearing people's kind of journeys as well. Uh, but I think uh, Finos is moving absolutely in the right direction. The work that the, the special interest group are doing around diversity is, is just a great foot forward. So uh, fingers crossed for the conference. I'm very excited to, to listen in, but also if, you, if anyone sees me or wants to say hello and wants to talk diversity and inclusion, then yeah, give me a poke and we can definitely pick that up as well. All right. That sounds great. Um, well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate you being here today and uh, taking some time out. And and like I said, uh, if I can pick your brain another time too um, after your talk and and we'll go uh, deeper into it, um, that'd be awesome. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I just want to say that, it, you know, definitely uh, come see Chris, come see uh, his, I think there are some other EPAM people speaking as well, um, uh, more in a technical aspect on, ooh, what is it on? Um, it's going to be the uh, time-based crypto yeah. connectors. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I was trying to bring all of the uh, the things together, but yes, the time-based um, and the crypto aspect. Um so uh, join for that, join for Chris, join for uh, Chris's peers, um, you know, within the financial services and technology industries. And um, uh, we'll put information on the show notes uh, on how to get involved there, but also Chris's info. And then, you know, but join us for, uh, we, we do all this on a daily aspect. Um, uh, we have uh, open source meetings every single day that you can get involved in, whether it's uh, something more uh, technical or if it's something more on uh, DEI or open source readiness or uh, inner source um, as well. Uh, and, and just getting involved um, in, in those, you know, those are more community based uh we we kind of run the gambit um so get involved um you know come to our website uh twitter linkedin slack channels uh, where you can actually communicate with the rest of the community uh, we have in-person events like osff and some of our meetups uh, we also have webinars um, we have one on intersource today um, one that's in person next week uh in uh, edinburgh um, 
and on open source. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on <laughs> on uh, uh, every day here in the foundation. So uh, um, so get involved. Thank you again to Chris. And um, with that, good day, good night, wherever you are.